I really want to talk about un stories that, are un that seem unrelated, but they are related. Stories that are unrelated, but seem unrelated, but they are related. And uh, these are part of what God has really instructed us in our lives because in life, we don't always know the details of our future. But one of the things that we do know that we recognize that we do live in a time of uncertainty and there are so many things in life that seem unexplainable. And when we look at these unexplainable things in isolation, many times we recognize that these unexplainable things don't really make sense. And uh, so recently, I looked up some wrong thoughts of famous people. <laughs> some wrong thoughts of famous people. And do you know what's interesting is I want to just give you three wrong thoughts that we can look back and we can see that um, we're in error. The first one is that uh, the chairman of IBM said in 1943, he said, I think there is a world market for maybe five computers. And do you know that last year, there were 263 million computers sold last year alone. Here's another one. This telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a mean of communication. The device is of no value to us. Western Union in 1876. You know what's interesting? The U.S. Patent Office almost closed uh, simply because in 1899, they said everything that can be invented has already been invented. And so one of the challenges that we recognize in life is that we recognize that we evaluate the end by the beginning. Or in other words, what we're doing is we're evaluating what the future is going to be based on what we are going through at the moment many times. And so several months ago, actually it was several years ago, I received a letter and then I began to pull it out a couple of months ago and I, and I read this letter and, and let me just kind of give you just a little bit of it. It says, it seems as though I can't catch a break from trials and tribulations that I have been experiencing. Sometimes I feel as though my life is cursed and struggling is what God wants me to endure my lifetime. Right now, I feel helpless and that I am a failure. Can you please keep us in your prayers? It's a sad letter because many times that our life is surrounded by challenges and you may go through tough seasons in your life. But what we've got to do is we've got to identify what constitutes a tough season. Because if, if, if it's about cars, if it's about clothing, if it's about somebody's talking about you, that's not a tough season. Uh, but a tough season, you know that you're in a tough season where slogans and cliches just don't work on you anymore. You know, when, when people, they don't bring you comfort when people say, let go and let God. It, it just doesn't make you, put you at peace. Or when people say, gee, you tell them and share with them what's in your heart and what challenges that you're facing and they say well Jesus is a way maker but it doesn't move you and so you know it is at that time that you're in a tough season because all the cute sayings don't do anything for you do you know what in the Bible when Jacob was going through the toughest season of his life now Jacob is a 
is a man that God had already declared that um, he would birth the tribes and the nation of Israel through. His people would come through Jacob. And so Jacob has had a lot of favor in his life, but he believes his youngest son, he's been convinced that his youngest son, Joseph, is dead, and he's about to lose his second youngest son, Simeon. And notice this. In Genesis chapter 42, verse 36, notice what Jacob says. Jacob says, everything is against me. How many of you know if you feel that way in your thoughts, that everything is against you, you're in a tough season? But then Paul, over in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, he says it like this. He says that God will cause everything to work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose and also who loves him. And so what we then we recognize that when we look at life from our perspective, one of the things that we see is that we can only see what is happening, but we cannot see what is working. And what God wants you to do is God wants you to, by faith, see what he is working on your behalf. So there is a concept that I'll want to share with you. This concept is called synchronicity. And synchronicity is when more than one thing is happening. And it seems that they are independent of each other, but it's working together to produce an opportunity. Uh, would you say that with me? Synchronicity. And, and that's what Romans 8 is saying, that God is called, will cause all those things to work together for the good. And, and so they are tied together even though they seem like that they are unrelated. Uh, and so we don't recognize that they're tied together until we see it come to pass. But while we're going through it, we don't recognize what's working. We can only see what's happening. And so when we look at that, I want to show you this morning two individuals who have unrelated stories, but because of prayer, their stories begin to intersect. And, and, and when we look at that, these mind games that, are, that, that, that the enemy tries to play, this is the reason why we pray. Acts chapter 10, and would you turn there please in the book of Acts chapter 10. I'm going to show you these two people and who have unrelated stories, but because of prayer, their stories become related. Two individuals, two fam one family, two individuals who are heads. In Acts chapter 10, it's a time when the Bible tells us that there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, Cornelius. He was a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all of his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Now, when we talk about praying to God always, it's not that you've got to always be on your knees. How many of you know that the, that the, that the people of God still have to take the trash out? How many of you know that the people of God still have to eat? I mean, no matter how much you believe, you're going to get full by being on your knees all day long for 40 days, 120 days. The, the, the people of God have to eat. The people, boy, that's it. We're going to do it today. The people of God have to go to work. 
The Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. <laughs> so notice this. So it was a devout man that feared God and with, his, with all of his household who gave alms generously to the people, to the people and prayed to God always. So we see that this man was a giver of others to others, and he also prayed. And when we talk about prayer, it's really like cough, a cough, so to speak. And let me just kind of draw this analogy right now. So it's not that you pray and, and that's all you do, but, you're, but it's kind of like a cough, right? When you cough, you don't just keep coughing, but you cough. And then everything's okay for a while, and then you cough again. <clears throat> and everything's okay, and then you start coughing again. But, 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 but what, what, what we're looking at here is that it's like whenever that unction or that urge comes, you, no matter how much you try not to cough, you're going to cough. And you can try to hold it in as much as you can, but at some point it's going to come out. There was an urge or an unction to cough. That's what prayers like. God will urge you to talk to him. God will urge you to pray to him. And it, it doesn't have to be, it may not be structured. It may not be at a certain time. But we should never pass up the urge to pray. Uh, no matter what it is, and, and it doesn't have to be long, but it has to be according to how the Spirit gives you that option. And so what we recognize then is that Let's read in verse, uh, let's read verse 2, 3, 4. Let's read this together. And let's just start back in verse 2. And we're going to read it forward until I say stop together. Now, a devout man and one who feared God with all of his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now, what does this mean is that he's saying that your prayers and your giving has gotten God's attention. Let's read verse 5 together. Now, now send men to Joppa. And send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. And he will tell you what you must do. Now, notice this. When Cornelius prays, he gets specific directions from the Lord. He says that you're going to go to Joppa. Send men to Joppa. You're going to meet uh, a man there whose name is Simon Peter. And he's staying with Simon the Tanner. And so I want you to notice here that there are two Simons. So he's got to get clear instructions. And God gives him clear instructions. And he tells him exactly what he wants him to do. He tells him exactly how to recognize what he wants him to see. And he tells him exactly the spot that he needs to go. And notice this. The Bible tells us that he told him that he was Simon the Tanner, that you'll know you've come to the right house because you're here of the water, because he lives by the sea. And so, so, so Cornelius is praying, and God is giving him specific instructions as to what should be done. Verse 9, let's read that together. Now, 
The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. I'm going to stop right there. So Cornelius prays one day. But the next day, Peter is praying. Cornelius is praying at the ninth hour, which is the hour of prayer. But Peter is praying at the sixth hour, which is the hour to eat. But he's praying. It was not the normal time for prayer. And so notice this. They were not praying together. They did not pray on the same day. And they did not pray at the same time. But yet both of them who did not know each other and whose prayers appeared to be unrelated, but each of their unrelated stories became related because God was working some things together that Cornelius could not see before he prayed, but after he prayed, he could see what God was working. Look at this, verse 10. Let's read it together. Now, then he became very hungry. This is Peter. He's praying. He's hungry. But the food's not ready yet. So rather than watch ESPN, rather than watch MSNBC, Fox, CNN, CBS, oh, rather than watch a good movie, he goes and pray because there is an urge that God has given him. Come on, let's read it together now. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Verse 17. Now, while, and so in this trance, God gave him a vision. And in this vision, he told him exactly what to expect. Let's read it together. Now, now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said, come on, what said to him? The Spirit, the Spirit said to him, glory, what said to him one more time? The Spirit, the Spirit said to him, behold, Three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So notice this. Here are two people who live in separate worlds from different cultures who had nothing to do with each other. They would never have expected to meet except for prayer. And in this time of prayer for Cornelius and in this time of prayer for Peter, that God gives Cornelius specific instructions and tells him what, what, what he needs him to do and the exact spot he needs to do it and the exact thing that needs to be said. And at, the, at a different time, God gives him, but it's in the right time that God gives Peter. This is what you need to start looking for. Do you know what? There are some people that God has spoken to you about your destiny, about your purpose. And, 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 and you may not know fully, but when, you, when, you, when you're praying, that God may set an appointment for you. God may give you instructions. And you don't know the fullness of it, but what you do know is that there was, a, there was an urge that was in, uh, put it in your heart by God. 
And when you come into that place, then you recognize what God was working, even though you could not see it from what was happening in your situation and circumstances. And so this is what I want you to see. I want you to see this. When I pray, doors are open that would have ne- you would have never gone through. When you pray, doors are open that I would have never gone through. Would you repeat that after me? When I pray, when I pray doors, are open, doors are open that I would have never gone through. Come on. When I pray, I meet people that I would have never met. When I pray, I go places I would have never gone. Then there's one other thing that I just want you to say just out of my heart. When I pray, I receive what only God can give. See, what you must realize is that the enemy will always attack prayer. Because he knows that people will supernaturally meet people who they had no business of meeting. They'll go places that they had no business of going. They'll go through doors that they never would have gone through. And they'll ultimately receive what only God can give them. So God told them, he says, that I want you to go to Joppa. You're going to meet this guy. His name is Simon. And these two Simons in the story, you've got to listen very carefully because it's not the tanner, but it's the one whose surname. He says these words, when you go, send men. When you get there, and it was at that very time that God was speaking to Peter that they showed up. There was no delay. It was was a revelation to Peter of what God was saying. And you know what? They got all of that in prayer. And when he prayed, Cornelius, God directed him. But look, not only did God direct him, but God directed Peter. And there was something that God was working. It was and, and, and it was synchronized. It was synchronized. Look, if Peter, if only Cornelius would have prayed, there would have been trouble. We don't know if the fulfillment of what God desired for Cornelius, for Peter, would have taken place. God would have used someone else, but for Peter. But Peter prayed. And if Peter would not have prayed, then what happened, him going, it would have never happened before. Let me, let me just give you this. Look in Acts 20, 10, 27, verse 29. Acts chapter 10, verse 27 through 29. Come on, let's read that. Let's read it out of the Message Bible, starting in verse 27. Talking things over, they went on into the house where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who had come. So now Peter has come with them back to Joppa. Peter addressed them. You know, I'm sure that this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this. Visit and relax with people of another race. But God has just shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute I was sent for, I came. No questions asked. But now I'd like to know why you sent for me. God told him that, Peter, I want you to go doubting nothing. Peter did it, but he didn't know why he was going there. But he went. So when he gets there, he says that, I truly believe that God has revealed to me that I am to be here, but I'm not sure why I'm supposed to be here. And Cornelius says these words, for we are to hear what the word of the Lord has to say. There are some people that you meet, they don't know why they have met you. But because God has given you instructions in prayer, you can tell them exactly what it is. 
See, see, something happens when we come together and we begin to pray. Something happens when we don't resist that urge to pray. And that there are thoughts that are going through our mind because we like to understand. But God is saying that there is a revelation that I'll give to you that will be completed when you obey what I am saying. And do you know what? That there is something even before God gives you the instructions that he may be speaking to you. And it's really all about getting God's attention by being obedient to what God is saying. And the Bible says that Cornelius got his attention simply because he prayed regularly and he was willing to give to other people.